John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. accessed entry 1261.mk0118 certificate number 27789 the swamp dragons the net struggling here in the first quarter so far this season the first half has not been kind to new jersey this is my second millennial era show in a month something for the young people let's have it be the last <laughs> you want to switch to gen z then yeah 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 Yeet. Nothing but Zoomers from here on. All the shows will be mid. Spill the tea, at Ken. Mid at worst. That's our new motto here at Omnibus Inc. This whole show is sus. <laughs> you uh, uh, got me invited to a Seattle Kraken game yes. not that long ago. That's right. By virtue of your high-priced Kraken season ticket connections. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and I had not been. We have a hockey team now. We do. And it's big news. It is. We lost our basket, Bastic ball team. And uh, and ever since then, we've been trying to get a Bastic ball team back. Or by us, I mean rich people and... By we, you mean you and your and the, fellow shadowy cabal. The middle class people the mayor. who identify primarily with the ambitions of rich people. Yeah. By we, we mean people out in Maple Valley and Duval that have... Uh, that have Sonic season tickets, right? And we've had a, we've had no luck in getting a Bass Dick Ball team, but we keep trying to get them. And I think for a long time we were pretending we wanted a hockey team as a bait and switch. No, no, no. We're, we'll, we'll build a stadium for the hockey team. We used to have a hockey team called the Seattle Thunderbirds, and they were not minor like, league. They were not a sellout. You know, they had people go to their. Do you think artistically they had sold out? No. It used think, to be about the skating, man. I think they were super keep it real. But uh, but I don't remember at any point in the last 30 years of living in Seattle, like no, this, I... this super huge <laughs> like need or desire for there to be a No, I, I loved team. going to a Thunderbirds game in, in, where was it? Renton or Kent? No, Kent. For, they, they would do shows at, at Seattle Center. They were they'd been in Kent for over a decade though. Yeah, yeah. and I've been to an Everett Silver Tips game, and I've seen the kind of mild interest with which a, a Seattle crowd greets. Yeah, minor league hockey. <laughs> a thousand oh, people there were really into it. Well deserved people. <laughs> you know, they they were there for everybody else. Just wanted a beer. Um, but you have to account for the fact that an awful lot of people poured into Seattle during that period. That's true. To work for Amazon. That's true. Many of them coming from godforsaken places like... Hockey towns. Minneapolis or Montreal. 
or Boston, where hockey allegiance is a big part of identity, where they bleed the black hawker brewing blood. You know, in Anchorage, hockey games are as well. It's the it's the major professional sport you can go watch, and it's not even professional. It's it's the college team, but um, but yeah, hockey is a stadium size event up there. Why isn't there an NHL team in Anchorage? But all those boosters were correct about Seattle because the team showed up here. And and this is what I learned from from talking to your uh, your friend, who I guess is uh, he's a lawyer, but also he's he's in with the local club hockey scene yeah he's a hockey he's a hockey man himself yes and and his you know by virtue of offering legal services to these local hockey organizations which you know the kraken is eager to interface with the local all the local hockey dads right farm teams um he uh he has some now inside access to the front office and one of the things i learned i don't think this is telling tales out of school is that the kraken despite not being a winning team, despite not having marquee talent, is one of the most profitable teams in the NHL. It's a big thing here. The Kraken games are massive events. The The first Kraken game I went to, there was a line outside of the merch shop that would have taken 45 minutes to waiting in line to get in to buy Kraken merch. But they also sell Kraken merch at every gas station in the Northwest Every drugstore, yes. So I, my son owns a Costco Kraken sweatshirt. If you want a Kraken sweatshirt or a Kraken hat, good luck can, finding a place it, that doesn't sell them. Yeah, Jiffy Lube. And yet, people at the people are there at the game. The game is happening, and they're waiting in line. I'm going to miss the game to spend twice as much for a. Well, often you know, I know this from my son's fascination with Mariner gear. You can get weirder stuff at the team store. At the like store, he yeah. wanted the spring training uniforms, and maybe he wanted a player, you know, a specific player that you couldn't get at the on the website or. Yeah, I would at, not be able at, to at tell Target. the difference. I mean, I, I recognize the logo certainly, but I mean, I've been, I'm lucky enough now as someone who does not care that much to have already been to three or four. Kraken games? So it's not, you don't have to be a hockey fan. No. You just need rich friends. Yes. The, uh, what they were smart about was branding. I mean, that's, that's where you, they're not getting their money from a lucrative TV deal. Uh, they picked a smart logo and caught some zeitgeist by being a little bit edgy, but not too edgy. The the logo is kind of a Lovecraftian uh, tentacle monster. And... The Seattle Kraken kind of conjures up uh, some level of internet meme lord uh, hipness that may we may regret in five years. The the problem is that uh, the Kraken is a Norwegian myth mm. of uh, of an undersea monster. Well, we're but a, there are a lot of Norwegians here. We're a Scandinavian influenced part of the country. It does feel like if this were the seventies or eighties, we would be our professional sports team would be trying to appropriate a local native American legend. Uh, like our, like our former Thunderbirds team, you know, my high school mascot was the Thunderbird and the Thunderbird of course is a, is a part of the Pacific Northwest uh, coast native American cultures. I feel like but, it's more of a Southwest. Well, but it's, but it, it plays up here. It's, it gets around. The Thunderbirds are on the tops of the totem poles, but there are no Thunderbirds in the Alaska native tradition. So it was. So it's, it's okay. For, it's the, for you guys, it's named for the car. It's the old appropriation on top of appropriation. No, our, our mascot was actually a totem pole. Your team will have fun, fun, fun till they, uh, 
until yeah. they take it away. Until they take our Thunderbird away. So he shows a picture of the of a is pulled off the internet of the Kraken logo, thinking that the crowd will be like, "Yeah, he's been told that this is what will rile up the locals." Yeah, because sports. Yeah, and there's only the mildest of hoots from the swaying Yay. the swaying millennials at a Bell and Sebastian show. Twee. And uh, he he bravely tried to soldier on with whatever trivia facts about the Kraken he'd been given, and wanted to know you know what was you know what was the previous semi pro hockey team here. And when somebody said Metropolitans, he said, no, no, that was in the 20s. He, he, he'd been he'd briefed. He'd done his research. Yeah. And uh, you, you have to wonder who the Bell and Sebastian tour manager is in charge of feeding Stuart the sports trivia he does before the, the Mike Piazza song. Local sports trivia. And some guy right next to me in the mezzanine was like, Seattle Totems! And was the hero of the, of the day. You know, I have a jacket, a blazer, with the Seattle Totems logo on it that I found at a thrift store that's one of my very favorite uh, items because it's a, it's a totally great logo. It's like an embroidered patch sewed on the pocket of a, of a ca- black cashmere blazer. Must have been the coach's jacket. Couldn't be anything else. Is it, it's probably worse, honestly, from an appropriation point of view, to name the team after like a sacred, <laughs> a sacred ritual element of the culture that's got to be worse than just taking the tribe name, right? <laughs> it would be like, we are the, we're, you know, like a soccer team named the Rome Communion Wafers or something. Well, why, what, well let, let's start a team and call it the Communion Wafers. The Wafes. The Tel Aviv Yarmulkes. Uh, why was I saying this? Oh, right. Just to make the point that by cannily choosing kind of a, a semi-comic logo, they had sold a buttload of windbreakers and hats. Yeah. Big, big money. And, and, you know, and, and all those season tickets, big money. Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, there were, you know, there was basically a lottery system because there was a waiting list of tens of thousands of people who for years had been waiting for unnamed Seattle NHL team 2021 to, to arrive. The other thing I heard from your friend is the profitability of the Kraken at this point makes the return of our beloved Sonics, a near certainty. Oh, because we've proved it's a, it's a yeah. test case. We are no longer the city that like kind of shrugged in apathy as Starbucks sold the team to an Oklahoma city guy who was like, I promise I'm going to try to keep the Sonics there. Not in my hometown where all my fellow owners live. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't move it there. <laughs> and I, I said this before I went to one of the last games in the Coliseum or, Key Arena, as it then was. Key Arena. And it was like the second to last home game, and everyone knew it might be forever. There was nobody there. Nobody cared. Really? Is that right? Nobody yeah. was there. Did you you went to Sonics games in the heyday, didn't you? I actually didn't. Did that, you see Scotty Pippen or Scotty no, Pippen? That, that would have Scottie Pippen would have been the <laughs> Gary, Bulls. Pa- Gary Payton. Gary Payton and uh Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp. Did you see them? I was play? still living in Salt Lake at the time. Oh. So I saw Kevin Durant play at the end. But as a kid, we went to NASL a few times. My parents never took us to Sounders. It was I was a Mariners kid. I went to some of those games, the um, the the '90s era. But I was so oblivious to basketball. I just went because it was one of these like, "Come on, we're going to the basketball game." Your friends were going, yeah, and I, it was loud, and I would I was there. John, if your friends went and jumped off a building cheering for a local <laughs> friend, sports franchise, would you do it? They used to do it all the time, and I did it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you, know. you know, you know firsthand. <laughs> yeah, I've jumped off. So many buildings. I my would. Friends did it. I would do that. In fact, 
Yeah, I was living in the year they went to the finals against the Bulls. I was living in Salt Lake. I missed the whole thing. I went to uh, Frederick and Nelson to see the to see the championship trophy when they won in seventy eight or seventy nine. Uh, well, I was. Uh, that's one of my first memories as a kid is the watching the the win on the TV. Oh, really? But we did not go to Frederick and Nelson to yeah. They had the to pr- a get the candies <laughs> to get the what were they called? Frangles. The, the Frango- no, pr- Prangos. No Frangos. 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 And B to see the trophy. They had the trophy right in the lobby of the big department store, and we all went. Now, the 79 trophy is an interesting point here, because if the Sonics come back, when when Clay Bennett, despite all this protestation, said, you know what, I think I will move the Sonics to my hometown, mm-hmm. where the ownership group clearly originates. And mm-hmm. the NBA said, yep, you will, because we don't want to set any precedent of a city being able to turn down a tax hike for a new stadium or a new arena. Uh, their agreement with the... Uh, the ownership group said that they would the, the the Seattle city of Seattle would have five years to get an NBA team back. Oh, and if they got an NBA team back in five years, which would have been July 2013, then the city of Seattle would get back the rights to the Sonics history, uh, the '79 trophy, retired jerseys. You know the, the sport, colors. Sports teams come with a history which includes. You won the the division in these years, and you won the conference in these years, and you won the finals in these years, and you've retired these numbers, and you've got a hall of you know. Are the is the Oklahoma City Thunder the successor state basically to the Seattle SuperSonics? No. Uh, as of July uh, 2013, it is no longer so clear cut. Oh, for the last eight years, the Oklahoma City Thunder have been able to claim, should they be legally entitled to. The uh, doings of the Seattle Supersonics back to 1968 or whenever the expansion was. That's terrible. I resist. They have not chosen to do so, interestingly. Oh, interesting. If you want to see the 79 trophy, you do not have to go to Frederick and Nelson's. In fact, you would have a hard time doing so. Right. There it's is, been out of business for over 20 years. A great, a great loss. <laughs> great loss to the region. Um, you, could, you would look at other department stores in vain because it is now in uh, the Seattle Museum of History and Industry. I've seen it there. Or Mohai. Yes. So that's where all That's where the, my dad joined the Navy in 1941. It wasn't the museum at the time. No, it was the Navy. It was the Navy. It was the Navy. <laughs> it was a building of the Navy. The Naval Reserve Building. Weirdly, the like U.S. That. Navy was headquartered not in Annapolis, <laughs> not in Virginia not, Beach. Not in Washington, D.C. Uh, in a l- weird little warehouse <laughs> on the shores of Lake Union in Seattle. So we have the trophy and we have the... we uh, Oklahoma City has not has just chosen not to claim the legacy. All that stuff is all that stuff is sitting in the museum. I believe to this day last time I was there it was all still there uh, in a big exhibit about the Sonics history and win. Um but it now says on loan from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh bogus. As of July 13. However, if you go to a Thunder game, you will look in vain for any evidence that that team existed before 2008. You will not see uh Tributes to the retired numbers of of Jack Sigma, Gus Williams, Gary Payton, Sean Camp, and so forth. Uh, Spencer Haywood, now most famous for having put out a hit on the Lakers team ownership in the new HBO series about the Lakers history. Oh wow, I have not watched that yet. On the show, he puts out a he he, get, he tells friends he wants to murder Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. In reality, I think he wanted to. Um, shoot up the front office and it never happened. So he, he was a trouble. He was going through a troubled time. So the Dodgers, for instance, 
who moved from Brooklyn to L.A. Yeah. Did they also bring all of their Dodgers history with them to L.A.? Yes. Typically, and this is going to be unusual for uh, fans of international sport. It's extreme. It's almost unheard of, for example, for a British Premier League Association football team to move cities. Like it's so rare there that it's only essentially happened once, and it was a huge disaster. The Wimbledon club moved across the the M1 or whatever, whatever the A4. I don't know their highways to, yeah. to another London suburb called Milton Keynes. Um, over the protests of the diehard fans who immediately started going to the new replacement low tier Wimbledon group, (laughs) which by the, and there were no Milton Keynes fans. There were no Milton Keynesians. And (laughs) so that club immediately hit on hard times and began to get relegated into oblivion. Whereas the Wimbledon club immediately had all the ticket sales of these diehard Wimbledon fans to friend to, to fund a, a rise to greatness. And they were in the, the premier, they were at the highest level of the premier league almost, Immediately, you know, within within a season or two, I think. And I'm guessing Real Madrid couldn't just right. move to... We're now uh, Real Zaragoza. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. And soccer yeah. teams are... International sports fans are bemused by the fact that American sports are so much more of a business and less a, a point of municipal pride that teams can just well, I've vacate. Never, I've never understood it. I it's don't, so bizarre. I don't see how... I mean, what the team that's in... Washington D.C. now was originally what the I mean the the NFL team. Well, whatever happened to the Expos? Oh, they I see. are the something team. now. Yeah, right? the Expos are now the Nationals. You're the correct. Nationals, right? And as soon as they, you know, they just they just struggled with low attendance for years, and we're finally like, we're out. Washington's a better market that doesn't have a team. Yeah, but why can't you just close the door on the Expos and open the door on the Nationals? Why does it have to? What what is the, the what there's is any current, of the point of the continuity? There's a current owner. These are these are businesses run by millionaires and billionaires. They're a, a marker of of fame and prestige in our in American culture. But wouldn't you? And want they're a toy to do, for a rich man. Wouldn't you want to do what the Oklahoma uh, Thunder are doing and say like we're starting over? The league doesn't want to dilute the power of an NFL club unless they de- or a sports club unless they decide to expand. They don't want to say okay, we'll keep the flailing Montreal Expos and now there's a new club in DC. Hope they catch on. They wanted there to be a limited number of clubs, and that's why when an owner is dissatisfied, other cities circle like sharks in the water and the NBA has to decide, are we loyal to Seattle or are we loyal to the idea of a successful franchise? And they decide which side their chips are on. And in this case, they sided with Oklahoma city. I don't understand that business model at all. Just in the sense that Seattle could have an NBA team and Oklahoma could have an NBA team. And wouldn't that benefit the NBA more than Seattle, a city of a million people sitting up here, putting no money into the NBA. I mean, the Seattle case is so weird just because the NBA let it go on for, a, uh, at this point, uh, what, 14 years, almost purely out of vindictiveness. Why? Because- Why are they so mad? Because the city of Seattle would not vote for the fancy new arena oh, with all the fancy box seats. It's that, a corporate welfare issue. Yes. And, oh, I hate And it. they don't want city populations to feel empowered to vote down stadiums and get to keep their team. If oh, you vote, so mad. If you vote down the fancy public work, you should, you should lose your team. Oh, I want all of them to be poor. It's I awful. Want all of those millionaires to be poor. All these uh, teams are owned by are toys of of billionaires for whom kicking in that part of the the public part of the stadium levy would be nothing. 
but they don't want to do it when I they're when, evil billionaires. When I was running for Seattle city council, I had some meetings, uh, with local business people. And a couple of them were private meetings where I went up to an office in a local office building. That's where offices almost always are. Right. And I went and sat in a chair across the desk from a man in both cases in a suit. Oh, really? And the man. I thought, I thought a, a rich Seattle man would be in khakis and a polo. <laughs> yeah, khakis and a, when you say a suit. khaki suit. <laughs> and they both said, look, I'm not going to come out in favor of your candidacy, but how do you feel about the Sonics? Yes or no? And in both cases, I was, it was some did you, kind did of you like. you tell the Frango story? It was some kind of litmus test, like. Pro or con, I'm not going to donate or come yeah. out for you. And I'm going to tell my golf guy, golf buddies not to either. But I will come out against you if you don't say the right thing about the Seattle Son- Supersonics. And I said, as far as I know, there is no Seattle Supersonics. Wrong if, you, if you guys come up with the Supersonics to bring to Seattle, you have to, we'll just have to talk about it then. But I, I, I'm not sure what you're asking. And they were like, well, are you for us getting a basketball team or not? And it was a, it, they needed to know. And this was what politics was everywhere. I went, somebody was like, we don't care what you say. We want you to know if you're going to give us what we want when it's time to give it to us. And yeah, I didn't get the support of the <laughs> business people that were in, cause if, I didn't know enough. If you had you told know. the Frederick and Nelson story, Hey, I went to the, You'd I've, be a city councilor now. I bought Frangos and saw the, saw the thing. I've got a, a hat. I've got a hat with the logo. The, uh. This still happens. This was in the news a couple of weeks ago. Our 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 new dull mayor said publicly that he gets you know he was talking to some sports interviewer and he said that he gets updated on the Sonic Sitch weekly, huh. and that led to actually a lot of uh, angry citizenry saying, "Well, why don't you fix crime and homelessness, and then you oh, can sure. worry about stupid bad sports ball." That's always been that's, that's always that, that's been how, the fight here. That's how everything goes here. Yeah. yeah. He can only do one thing at once. Apparently. The guys in the puffy jackets are mad that we lost our basketball team, and the people in the denim jackets are mad that we put a man on the moon, but we can't afford to feed our homeless. I wear a puffy jacket over a denim jacket, and I think we should have pro basketball and uh, water parks for the homeless. But you know what? You actually have had a bake sale to fund a bomber. To fund a bomber? Don't you remember that bumper sticker? I wish the Air Force had to have a bake sale to fund a bomber and all, oh, the, and yeah, all yeah. the yes, all the schools had the money they need. I would, yeah, I would. You would actually probably hold a bake sale and, and send just send the money to the Air Force. I would hold a bake sale now and send the bomber to Ukraine. <laughs> you're, if, so, you're so patriotic. <laughs> if I bought a if I bought a bomber with the money I made at a bake sale, I would want to fly it myself. So we're in an interesting situation now where the the thunder are are uh, allowed to take Sonic's history, should they be so inclined. And if Seattle were ever to get a team back, it would be equally shared. There would be two successor clubs of the 79 champion Seattle Supersonics. But isn't that an intellectual history we could conceivably buy from the... The Thunder? The, the cash-strapped city of Oklahoma City? Yeah, look, man, we'll give you 1500 bucks for look, all that Sonic stuff. We've got Amazon. You've probably got some oil, uh, evil oil company I've never heard of. 
if you go to Paycom Arena, which is apparently where the Thunder now play, you will not see any banners or retired numbers hanging in the rafters. However, I did look at their roster recently, and I cannot find any evidence that they have given, they are giving out the retired Sonics numbers. Okay. So I think you will look in vain for a 10 or a 43 or, or whoever, you know, whatever Gus Williams and Jack Sigma wore. But there's like 95 other numbers to choose from. Unfortunately, in um, basketball, only, what, 55? Referees have to be able to signal the number of the of each of the player who committed the foul with their hands. With their hands, five on one hand, five on the other. Yes, so you can you can signal everything from zero zero through fifty five. Oh, but, but oh, well, no, that's not, that's not fifty five numbers because you don't even have you can't do six one through, six through nine. You can do one. Oh, I but see. you can't do six through nine. Why can't you do six? Oh, because you can't. Yeah, right. You can't do six through nine. Actually, I don't know. Is that true? How do you do thirteen? Well, just a one on one hand and a three on the other. Oh, I see. If I am getting everything wrong about how NBA jersey numbers are assigned, please write to John Roderick. <laughs> care of. Can they do a zero sign with one? There have been zeros and double zeros yeah. in the NBA. Like in my era, that would be Orlando Woolridge or Benoit Benjamin. There's probably more recent and more <laughs> more gifted players. I don't know. Um, so it's a weird situation about American sports that, you know, the, the Baltimore Colts can vacate for Indianapolis in the dead of night to avoid the scrum of reporters. You know, a, seri- a convoy of trucks leaves secretly Baltimore, headed for Indianapolis at, at, at 55 miles an hour. And then when, the Baltimore, when Baltimore steals the Cleveland Browns from Cleveland to get the Ravens back, then the NFL has to broker a deal saying, yes, both your cities are very sad. Cleveland will get its Browns history. We'll, we'll create a new duplicate cloned Cleveland Browns in three years. And the Ravens don't get the Browns history. What are the Orioles? The Baltimore Orioles are a baseball team. The Browns are a football team. Yes. And the Ravens are a football team? Yes. See, Edgar Allan Poe is from Baltimore. Oh, I see. Baltimore They Ravens. kind of also did the smart nerd thing for their football team, just like we've tried to co-op the, the, uh, the nerds with... Lovecraft art on their wall for our, mm-hmm. who want to buy Kraken hats, even though they hate hockey. Mm-hmm. And it worked. But, you know, this whole idea that, that sports are a brand and you're, you need to worry about how many hoodies you're selling as much as you have to worry about who your starting point guard is. Or more. If not more. <laughs> um, finds its uh, epitome or apotheosis in the odd tale of the New Jersey Swamp Dragons. This is a 90s era tale I had not heard before uh, Zach Lowe wrote about it for ESPN. And in fact, published such a, a detailed oral history of it, on which I've drawn heavily here, that I thought, this is a great excuse to talk about how you name a sports team, what happens when teams move, like how much the history of a franchise belongs to a city versus a billionaire versus a, a population, what happens when those guys get old, do their kids remember? Um, Only 90s kids will remember this. I mean, when the Sonics come back, there are going to be a bunch of people who feel very proprietary about the 79 win. But uh, that was so long ago that there are, what, 40-year-olds who don't remember it? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the money people bringing the Sonics back will not actually have been alive for the 79 win and may not even care that much. Yeah, but they'll remember... Surely they'll remember when the presidents of the USA would uh, would play their <laughs> Sonics-themed rock songs on center court. 
is the band is the Seattle band the Sonics? That predates the Supersonics. It does. So it's just a coincidence that Boeing well, made a lot of fighter jets. Yeah. Right? Well, well, at the time uh, we were we were developing the Boeing hypersonic uh, SST aircraft, and everybody thought this was the future of aviation. Speaking of corporate ownership of teams, like we basically named our team in a nod to a big employer, and that happens. I think the yeah we were Jet City man. We named the city after it for a while. Well, I never said Jet City on the. Stationary said, said it on my heart. <laughs> Emerald City. To me, we were the Emerald City. No, that's for jerks. You know, we we uh, the first time we drove the kids to Seattle, I think my son was like three, and we, you know, they had grown up in Utah, less of a skyliney city, and we, you know, headed on I ninety into Bellevue, and my son was just bedazzled by the glass condos of uh-huh. Bellevue in in two thousand six, <laughs> and was like, "Dad, is this the Emerald City?" And I said, yes. It is. Bellevue babe. is, in fact. The Emerald City. If the Emerald City had a lot of mediocre steakhouses. It always should have been Bellevue, Emerald City, and we should still be Jet City. Oh, that, that's how we do it. That's, that's the deal you cut. You know, I wear a Seattle Supersonics baseball hat everywhere, but it's because a couple of years ago, I was going to a Mariners game with a girl who was rooting for Oakland. And See, she that's what like, happens. A city full of transplants means... People are showing up to see the other team. You don't you don't adopt the loyalties of your new city. So she was dressed all in her Oakland A's uniform, you know, like Oakland A's gear, which Ooh. is all green and yellow. And so I showed up in my Sonics hat, ah. which is the A's colors, but Seattle true blue. But still, a real Mariners fan would not go to a Mariners A's game in yellow and green. Well, but the thing was, I was hoping to get on television because then it would be like, lol, actually, Seattle, deep cut Seattle, boom. And just one more thing that I did that was more confusing to people. That did not get you on the Jumbotron. Well, and just like the people sitting around us were like, oh, huh. (laughs) Like, I'm just not keyed into what sports fans like. If you'll remember... How well do you remember like the sports branding of the NBA of the 90s? The NBA expanded into um, Charlotte, then Miami, then Orlando, then then Canada, right? Toronto and Vancouver. So the Heat were an expansion team? Of the the mid-90s, early to mid-90s. Wait a minute. Vancouver has an NBA team? Not anymore. Oh, what was it? The Vancouver Grizzlies, who then decamped to Memphis. It turned out Vancouver did not have a critical mass to support a... Uh, NBA team. Is the team called the Memphis Grizzlies? Because that makes no sense. It is. And this is a thing that happens when a team moves. You get a Utah Jazz in a city that um, (laughs) still thinks of jazz as the devil's rhythm. Sure. You get the LA Lakers in a team where the only lake is the Silver Lake Reservoir, I guess. And the Jazz are from New Orleans originally? Yeah. And then they move to to Salt Lake. Yeah. And I think today there's more of a sense of, well, let's rebrand around the new city. You know, the... um, the Th- Oklahoma City Supersonics makes no sense. Right, but the Thunder... Actually, Oklahoma City has some aerospace history. Well, now that I... Th- I had not considered this before, but I guess the Thunder of a, of a Midwestern thunderstorm, it is the equivalent of a sonic boom. Okay. Uh, if, you're, if you're trying to translate Seattleite into Oklahomese. Sure. Um, for your Oklahomies. But in the 90s, a lot of these teams had uh, logos and... and uh, look and feel and team branding that kind of 
summed up the 90s. Uh, a North Carolina a Chapel Hill designer named Alexander Julian had been tasked to design the Hortland, the Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets uniform. And he decided that teal and mm, possibly purple. I can't remember what the Hornets' first uniforms were. He decided that teal was the future. Teal is such a terrible sports team color. It had never been attempted before. Oh. And yet in the 90s, everyone was like, well, you know, it's never been tried. And you know, it looks kind of cool. And maybe you could see in the, a different world or in living color credits would be maybe teal with some purple or red. Yeah. So let's make this look. It was kind of a, maybe a, a one step removed from the Miami Vice pastel 80s. But am I wrong that all Seattle sports teams now have some teal in their colors? The Mariners and the Seahawks both have teal. Oh, and the Kraken do too. Teal. Yeah, we're hitting for the cycle. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least we're a nautical town. And the if you're not going to, if green is, is de classe, then. It looks vaguely like water. You got blue and turquoise in your logo. Mm. It's slightly maritime, I guess. Uh,. And the the Hornets also, if you remember, had a fun had a fun goofy, a cartoony logo, right? Um, and that's a fun thing that, that the kid the kids will want to see a, a guy dressed as a big puffy hornet at the games, and they'll want to buy onesies with a cute cuddly hornet on it. And they'll be out there in the woods, and they'll be like, "Look, mom, a hornet!" and stick their hand right in the. <laughs> well, previously the impulse would be to put a scary guy. On your on your logo oh, because like a pirate. Well, it would intimidate the opposition, you know, like R. But now, when you want kids to buy things, maybe you want a cute pirate or a cute hornet or a grizzly. You know, you want to somehow have the the rugged masculinity of your logo, but also make it fun for the kids. It's interesting that the Seattle Mariners really backed away from. They have literally never had a mariner. There's not a mariner at all. There's a moose. There's a moose again, not a not a huge uh, 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 part of the iconography of the open seas. Nope. Few, nope. few moose on the ocean, and really, Seattle doesn't have a ton of moose walking around. Not a whole lot. It's not a big, but it's vaguely northwesty. It's northwesty. We had a oh, Sasquatch was the Sonics had a had a padded Sasquatch because what does a fur suited Sonic look like? Yeah. Right. Um, the storm being meteorological have a, have a mascot that r- represents, uh, meteorology. He kind of looks like a, I think the thing on his head is one of those anemometers, spinning anemometers that, okay. that measures wind speed. Okay. So they're really locked into their, the literal interpretation of their team name. Sure. Maybe not as powerful as like a grizzly. The Mariners have had a compass once and a trident once. And I think now none of the above, maybe do they still have a compass? There's a compass in oh, the okay. logo somewhere kind of buried beneath it but it's but it's not i don't think it's a very strong logo and i don't think the team colors are very strong either uh well back then i mean team colors date back to you know you change with the with the fashions and a lot of these 90s nba teams are are kind of left in their 90s colors left in their 90s teal and but that was seemed like the future in the early 90s and this was a time when our protagonists the new jersey nets uh, currently the Brooklyn Nets, but at the time still in East Rutherford, New Jersey, played at the Meadowlands, were enjoying, were part of one of the most depressing streaks in American sports. They had not won their division between 1974, when they were still an ABA team, I believe, uh, all the way to 2001. There's a Mariners-like uh, 27-year gap in w- even winning their division. And at this time, they were not just uh, also-rans, but 
really aggressively bad. They were 17 and 65 one year. They were 19 and 63 the next. These were, those were like all, t- at the time that was, the 17 win season was at the time, I think the fourth worst season hmm. in NBA history. And there was a brief bit of hope. Uh, they made the playoffs for a few years in the early 90s, and then it just collapsed again and got even worse. And the struggle was that you, they were in New Jersey. You, know, you couldn't get people out of New York to go to a basketball game in New Jersey. They'd be happier seeing the Knicks. Unfortunately, there's no one living in New Jersey. Uh, well, you'd think there would be. There are millions of people in New Jersey. But even they were not enthused about the 16 and... and uh, is that right? The 16 and 64? Oh, so they were even worse one year. Yeah, 1999, they were 16 and 64. <laughs> if you look at the nets of this period, and you know, the decades of, of, of mediocrity at best meant there was no hardcore fan base, a very little hardcore fan base at all. Were there, were there any other basketball teams in New Jersey? There were no other sports teams in New Jersey. Well, I mean, the Jets and the Giants played their games in East Rutherford as well. But um, because New York had a team, instead of having the New York... Here's what happened. They were, I think they were the New York Nets in the ABA. And when the ABA merger happened, they, the NBA and the city of New York didn't want a Jets-Giants scenario that would might split the fan base. So they said, okay, you will, you know, we'll port over the Nets, but they have to stay the New Jersey Nets. So oh. they couldn't, you know, so they're in the tri-state area, but, you know, can only claim the geographic allegiance of a fairly small chunk of the population. There's of that 9 area. million people in New Jersey. It's a, it's a densely populated state. Yeah. Um, but I guess not a state with, you know, it's a, it's a suburban state that yeah, doesn't right. have much of a pro sports uh, history or culture. The, if you look at who the leading scorers of the Nets were at this time, you very quickly see names like Kendall Gill, Armin Gilliam, Keith Van Horn, journeymen who you'll never see on a Hall of Fame ballot. Um, there wasn't much to attract people. It was. It got so bad that the team, you know, with no history of success ever, at least the Mariners have, you know, a, house, a brief halcyon period to look back on, with no stars, uh, and with a name that was terrible, like, as the executives pointed out, having a team called the New Jersey Nets is like having a team called the, a baseball team called the Second Bases. You like, your team is named after a piece of equipment that literally every team and every elementary school has a few of. Yeah. Should have been called the New Jersey Cups. <laughs> right. Because at least in elementary schools, you don't have to wear a cup. <laughs> um, with a bad name, there was no reason to ever buy any of their merchandise. Um, much well, less Wasn't there like a, a smiling basketball with a hat on? Or was that the, was that a different, that was the Nationals? They were one of many teams that just had a logo of, of a ball or a ball going through a hoop. I think at this point, their logo is the word Nets. Oh, it was the Mets that had a. Oh yeah, the Mets a, have Mr. Met. Mr. Met, a baseball. Yes. Yeah. So that yeah, if you're if you're picturing a talking baseball, that's probably not an NBA team. Okay. That got would be got that it, would be it, weird got branding. It, got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> the Nets logo was the word Nets in kind of a a Star Warsy kind of logo. You know, swoopy S. The letters are kind of combined, so the E runs into the T, runs into the S. There's a color hold on it, so it it um it patriotically gradients from red to white to blue, and then there's just a basketball sitting there. Uh-huh. There's nothing going on. Nets. I mean, um, it feels like it, even the logo is kind of public domain. It feels like a cool Gen Z slang term. Like, ugh, that's so nets. Stop trying to make nets happen. <laughs> you could just John. say nets. 
John, what are some of the what ifs in your life that haunt you? What if I had successfully started a small business where I employed people to do all the hard work involved in promoting a career for me as someone who sat around and talked all day off the cuff, off the cuff. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to do the funny thing and then I was going to pivot to the ad read, but instead (laughs) you just dived right in to the small business problems that we're going to address right now. Because it actually is something that haunts me. I, I, there do, was a do you moment, wish you had, uh, had an army of 30 people working for you? There was a moment in time where I had enough irons in the fire with my you know various enterprises that I thought if I got an office and I, and I hired a, a bunch of people to help me, maybe I could turn this into, a, into some kind of showbiz. John Co. Rod Co. Mm-hmm. It was called the Roderick Group, and right. it had three employees, but they were mostly volunteers. And then I decided to run for city council instead. I mean, the problem with this is that hiring is hard. It was so hard, and that was the problem. The people that ended up working for me were the wrong people. I have the solution. It's not too late for the Roderick Group. Tell um, me more. Let me introduce you to Indeed. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you would work for me. Yes, I would like to do your laundry. But for everything else, I want to direct you to Indeed, the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. It makes it, makes it so easy because of their assessments feature. What uh, does assessments do, Well, John? assessments uh, helps star applicants shine with over 135 assessment tests. Oh, I see. So when you have applicants, you can say, all right, we'll take this test and then we'll take a look at your scores and see who's great. That's right. Using Indeed isn't just a giant pool of undifferentiated people that want a job. Indeed is sorting people according to their skill sets. Indeed assessments will take the stress out of your interview process because the candidates prove themselves before the interview. Yeah, you can, you, actually can di- s- you can see how they'll do on the job. Yeah, so then you can dive deeper in your brief interview with them talking about what's important to you. And as we've said before, Indeed is the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your requirements. That's incredible. Can you imagine? Three million businesses worldwide use Indeed to hire great talent fast, and I think the Roderick Group should be one of them. So let me recommend this to you. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Omnibus. That offer is good for a limited time. I think you should do this, John. I think you should claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash Omnibus. That's Indeed.com slash Omnibus. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They were dead last in merchandising. They would try to get people out to games in the wastes of East Rutherford by saying, hey, guess who's in town? Uh, Shaq and somebody the, else. yeah, somebody else's <laughs> team. Shaq and the Magic are here. You know, MJ and the, the Bulls are then the, then the Wizards are here. I would think that'd be pretty common in sports, right? You, you, you're you going to get tired of seeing the same old locals, but if Shaq's in town. I mean, teams kind of do it covertly, like, you know, the the Mariners know that if Otani's in town and pitching, they can charge more for that game. Oh, uh-huh. um, but they don't say, come see Otani. I think it's kind of understood that that demoralizes the fan base and the players hate it. I see. Of course, of course. Um, but they, they must know they look out and they see a bigger crowd because the Red Sox are in town. They don't, they don't like that. It's, la- it's how, like uh, how much you love it when uh, Toronto comes to play. <laughs> it's, I'm famous for it. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's, it's, that kind of a, it's that kind of a thing where the Mariners kind of have to covertly sell a bunch of tickets for that, but they can't, 
make that a selling point for those games because, because the, the people would raid. It's not great for team performance if the team is actively trying to bring extra people into root against them. Right. Uh, the president of the Nets at this time is a man named John Spelstra, and he has failed for years at selling the Nets to New Jersey in any way. Selling them as a commodity. Sorry, selling them as a commodity. He's not actually trying to sell them, but maybe he is. Who knows? <laughs> no, there is an ownership group above him of of seven local... It's, there's not one big New, Jer- New Jersey uh, uh, capo. Oh, sorry. Uh, businessman who owns the whole team. There's a consortium of seven leading investors who are called the Secaucus seven. Yeah. And I guess it sounds like a, a group that's going to be tried for a crime. Yeah. It appears to be a reference to a John sales movie. I think, I don't know. Is that where it comes from? Um, but because Secaucus is in New Jersey, that's what the ownership group was kind of jokingly called. So why can't the net, was there a reason that the nets couldn't change their name to the, uh, the New Jersey fresh kills or the New Jersey, <laughs> Uh, well, that's, super funds. Well, that's one problem. First, you have to find something that <laughs> sums up New Jersey in a non-punchline-y way. <laughs> the New Jersey... Go. Go, uh, Go for it. Do it. Pine Barrens. The New Jersey Pine Barrens. Perfect. Uh, they... At, at, their first idea was they would change the New Jersey part of their name. <laughs> Apparently, that was perceived as the problem. <laughs> Spelster approaches the city of East Rutherford and says... Look, what if we get rid of the New Jersey in the name? And I know I know we have a deal with you to bring glory and visibility to the city of East Rutherford. But what if we pay you a few million dollars and then we go to a big company and say, look, we'll come groveling to you and we'll become the Nike Nets. No way. Had anybody done that? Nobody done that. Kind of. Uh, Disney had bought a controlling interest in oh, an Mighty NHL Ducks. expansion team, which they had named the Mighty Ducks over what was then a well-received $100 million Emilio Estevez movie franchise. Yeah, everybody loves Emilio Estevez. Today, it's just a little confusing. Well, today it still works because, you know, there's Donald Duck. But I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how much of the... I don't know how much of the Anaheim Ducks Disney still owns. That's an interesting question. No, they uh, they sold it to a, to a different media conglomeration in 2005 for $75 million. So now why don't... If 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 professional sports in America are just a business, why don't all these? Why why? I mean, obviously, you try and locate a a sports team in a town to get the people in the town to be rabid supporters. Yeah. But they're unwilling to do that if the town isn't if the town doesn't bend the knee. Why not just sell it to Nike and? Uh, That's the, why you can't tax the rich. The Microsoft Aquabats or whatever. In this case, the league office thought it was a very bad look. Oh. Like it was the actually the NBA who said, we are not going to become that kind of a league. Why not? You double your profits. And you'd think, and it's everywhere else. You yeah. know, uh, you know, the Lakers are now playing in crypto.com arena. I know. Right. Uh, so it's not like ever, anybody's worried about the bad look of the corporatization of sports. Crypto.com. <laughs> and the funny thing is they. Oh, but no, we're a pure. They will be. They will be for years. <laughs> and this was the exact time frame. Well, we're a few years away from when naming rights start to get sold to. Um, no, it's, this is right around the time. Late 90s. Naming rights are starting to get sold to dot coms that yeah. go, go under with five years left on their on their naming rights. Today. Right. Climatepledge.org arena. It was Candlestick that was suffering for many years under a series of, uh, of companies that didn't startups, exist. Yeah, that then quickly went out of business. Dot-com bubble companies. Uh, the 
but it's funny for international sports they you know they don't generally they don't put it in the name but they just assume that if you know you assume that if you're whatever european sports team your soccer team you're cheering for has a big carling yeah, has a, symbol on has the a big uh, emirates air logo or or uh, siemens right. or something uh audi that's bigger than the name of your team oh that's right we don't do that no that's so American. Why are we not at the forefront of cheapening things? And in fact, you know, just hearkening back to the whole Thunder Sonics, who owns the Sonics history thing, the Thunder uh, had a chance to put a gold patch on their uniform in, I think, 2014, which would signify that they come from a team that had won a title. And the Thunder, as the Thunder had been to the finals once or twice, but had never won, I think only once. And they chose not to do it. So in a kind of a tacit recognition that they are not the Sonics, to this day, the Thunder don't wear the gold. We've won a title patch. Nice. So things look up, are looking up for if the Sonics ever when, get an ownership group together. When did Nike, the Nike swoop, first appear on sports uniforms? Because it couldn't have been that long ago. But now it seems like it is on them all, right? I mean, on the shoes since the since the uh, beginning. Right, since but the like early on, 80, on since the, the jersey. Middle to late 80s, I guess. Mid, no, 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 early to mid 80s. Nike's who has a Nike swoosh on their jersey? Uh, I think that it's now. I think it I mean, only soccer, just recently happened. It's a big soccer jersey thing for sure. I don't think N, I don't think any NBA team has a because you know it would get it would get rid of the. Here's the problem with American lace age capitalism. It would get rid of the. It would get in the way of the players' individual um, having sold off parts of their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> In, in the ultimate expression of late stage capitalism, love it. I don't know. Are there? You need to write in and tell us if actual game. You know, the Warriors are actually playing game jerseys with a with a swoosh with a Nike swoosh. No, maybe these are swoosh. You don't know. Here are the Warriors with a little swoosh. They got a swoosh. But interestingly, they've got other corporate sponsors on their other side. I wonder if that's just. Is this just in the shop or is this an actual game jersey? I think, it, yeah, I think you're right. I think it might be no longer verboten. I'm not sure. But at the time, in the late 90s, for David Stern, who is running the NBA with an iron grip, he says, no, we are not going down that weird Mighty Ducks route where some of the teams uh, are promoting a corporate... Because pr- you can see why the league would not want to tie its... Um, What's the expression? Tie its feathers to tie, tie hitch its wagon to the yes hitch its feather hitch its feathered wagon to say Enron only to have Enron Field be in more an embarrassment than a than a revenue source. Although you know, uh, crypto crypto dungeon dot <laughs> dot io is going to be here forever. Yeah. See, if I was if I was Adam Silver, I would have stepped in and said, "Hey, I don't know if crypto is the future." So, Spellstra, having struck out with his idea to go with the Nike Nets, goes with your other suggestion. I'll change the Nets part to something that is cool and looks good yeah. and is forward-thinking, like that teal and purple stuff that's going on in the NBA's new franchises, and I'll sell a ton of money. And he had read that the Toronto franchise, you know, often there's a, a lot of discussion and a way of building up excitement about a new expansion or, or franchises to build up excitement about what the team name will be. Have a contest, have a... The Sopranos. The New Jersey Sopranos. <laughs> I would wear their merch. Is it an opera singer? Yeah. Yeah. The, oh. 
There's a there's a, it's a, like no, it's a Pauly Galtieri. It's a big lady with a horned helmet dunking at halftime. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. The, the yeah, because yeah. you don't want HBO to sue you. You're like, no, this is all about New Jersey's great uh, history of classical oh, music. There's a ton of opportunity for tie-in, though. So at the time that the oh with HBO, yeah. Although maybe HBO's not big enough to. How big do you have to be to own a sports team now? I guess HBO's probably big enough. Well, if you, if when I run down the guys who who are in the Sakaka Seven, I think you'll you'll now think HBO is big enough. Um, the one of the when Toronto was coming up with, and we should say Toronto like they do. You should. I never would not. I mean, the Canadian dollar has fallen so far they can't afford the second T, Come which on. is very sad. Come on, dad joke. The they ended up going with the Raptors, but one of the finalists apparently. Who did? The Toronto Raptors. Oh, there's a there was an there wasn't is an NBA team called the, the Toronto, Toronto Raptors. Yes. Is Toronto is the Toronto area famous for Raptors? I guess all of North America has Raptors. Well, this was another faddish post Jurassic Park uh, naming thing. Like, oh. what will kids buy? They will buy the cool new smart dinosaur from Jurassic Park. Therefore. Uh, but a raptor is just a word for any kind of hawk or bird of prey, right? Apparently the raptor's owner had told the NBA to, to, to make it look like a Happy Meal box. Like he wanted it to look not like any NBA jersey ever had, but just like something that people would want because it was the only, it was, you know, it had, it had the hell branded out of it just like uh, the cute hornets. Oh, so it's guy. just a basketball that looks like it's been clawed by a bird? It is now. At the time, there was a cute, uh, not a cute, but a, a a very buff dinosaur dribbling. A dinosaur? Yeah, a velociraptor. Oh, I just want that to not be true. But no, I do not believe there was any actual connection between paleontology and uh, Southern Ontario. I'm look- there was a, you know, the team, but the team did run a mail-in contest and there were suggestions like, and then there was telephone voting. The dragons, the beavers, the bobcats, the grizzlies, the hogs, the scorpions. The t- you can tell the the edgy the edgy kind of uh, late nineties, or sorry, mid nineties um, vibe that's going on here. But the beavers would be, would be so pr- perfect, or like the the uh, there's some there's weasels. A, there's a few problems with beavers. <laughs> the wolverines. Why are there no? Are there, is there a basketball team called the Wolverines? Well, in college sports. Oh, it's, college It's sports. a symbol of, of the state of Michigan and it's, it's fine teams. Plus, you know, plus the Red Dawn thing. Yeah. That's what I was referring to. Um, but they, they could have called them the Kestrels, the Peregrines. But they did not choose Dragons, one of their finalists. Thank goodness. When you say they, are you, have you switched back to New Jersey? Or are you well, still thinking about the poor Torontonian? I, th- I think, I think if we're keeping it real, you can't have your mascot be a fake thing. You're saying dinosaurs are fake because you're a you're a strict creationist. That's right. God put those fossils in the earth to, to test, test us. your faith yes. in particular. What will you choose, Ken? Faith or intellect? And I choose faith. Those there were no dinosaurs. I see. Well, no, there were dinosaurs. Jesus rode them clearly. What down to the store? No, he rode a donkey bu- to buy dinosaur chow. Do you think it was mistranslated as donkey from Aramaic? Like the Aramaic word for velociraptor and donkey is the same. Uh, the thing is, in in uh, in Hebrew, it only showed the uh, showed the vowels. So <laughs> the depending on the consonants you put in there. So donkey could have been a dunking velociraptor. Yeah, exactly. Like the one in the Raptors logo. Janet. So the 
Toronto group goes ahead with Raptors because Toronto. The Toronto group goes ahead with the Raptors because the owner's son loves Jurassic Park. And Dragons goes unused. This and suddenly funny. John Spelstra of the of the non-Nike Nets thinks, what if we what if we just take a cooler name? We could be the New Jersey Dragons. So he goes into the office of Jim Jim Lampariello, another Nets executive, and says, Hey, when you look out your window here at I'm the, sure he at said, the Meadowlands. Hey. Hey, hey, when you look out your window, bada yeah. bing, bada boom. Uh, what do you see? Forget about it. Hey. When you look out the window here in the, in the east, beautiful East Rutherford, New Jersey, what do you see? And he and <laughs> he and Lampariello agree. You've they been to see East Rutherford. You know what they saw? They see swamp. Yeah, they see swamp. And every time I think of swamp, I think of swamp rats. What if we were the New Jersey swamp rats? Yeah. But Lampariello, remembering that the dragons had been discounted by the Raptors and would be a cooler name said, no, the Swamp Rats is kind of silly. What if we were the New Jersey Swamp Dragons? The New Jersey Swamp Dragons. And these guys, high five. This is the best thing they've ever heard of. Dude, bro. Despite the fact that Swamp Dragons is not a pair of words that has ever been connected. Okay. And that there's no such, it's not like there's some beloved New Jersey cryptid called a Swamp Dragon. No. They just thought, hey, we're in a swamp. Dragons are cool. Will be the Swamp Dragon. Let's go to the league. Whoa! So they go to David Lynch, and uh, they go to David Lynch, <laughs> they do. who is then running the NBA. <laughs> hey, Coop! I just bought the National Basketball Association. No, they go to David Stern and say, "We are going to sell for the first time. The Nets are going to be a valid merchandising force. We are going to be the New Jersey Swamp Dragons." Holy hole! And he says, "This is the stupidest effing idea I have ever heard." <laughs> But he's, yes. but you know, but the, he, he has been the, the young genius that has made the NBA, you know, it's kind of a, if you, you should watch the HBO show about the Lakers. Cause it really does point out that do I have to, well, it was a 10 year period where the NBA went from a team that was, you know, would routinely get beat by women's tennis. You know, it was what really, I yeah. thought the NBA was always huge. No, they were the thing that they were the runner up to tennis and golf in TV ratings. No kidding. Yeah. And you know, he, single-handedly leveraged the bird magic Jordan crop of superstars to create the world's leading uh, sports image. That's so interesting because my dad always watched televised basketball as though it were the most important thing in the world. My family did too, but don't you think it's because of living in Seattle in the late seventies when it was kind of all we had that was good. Oh, my dad's that whole generation earlier. He remembers when Seattle, you was battling it out with the University of San Francisco. He's watching the- white guys shoot underhand <laughs> yeah, scoop shots. Yeah, my dad loved that TV show. Uh, what was it called? The the White uh, White Knight. Ken uh, Howard as the White. Everyone's yelling it at us. The White. The White Ghost. The White. The brother. White Hornet. The White. Ken, I'm not looking it up. Okay, I won't. Ken either. Howard is the, the White Shadow. Hey, there it is. My dad loved White Shadow. Uh, but yeah, he, he, you know, he, my dad was there for the inter, the original integration of professional sports. So he was, he loved basketball. This entry in the Omnibus is brought to you with the cooperation of Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Want to start a new side hustle or your next big thing? I do. Squarespace has best-in-class templates and they keep adding more, Ken. Now you can just browse the category of your business, 
to find a perfect starting place. So, for instance, in my case, the Roderick Group. What do you guys sell again? Uh, Roderick. Oh. We sell Rodericks. And me, being the primary Roderick, I can just browse the templates of uh, business categories and find the one that serves Roderick's the best. And you'll immediately stand out with a beautiful website that engages your audience. It doesn't matter what you're making or doing or selling. They've got the tools that any business would need. Like they've got e-commerce templates, but also inventory management. They've got checkout. They've got secure payments. You don't have to worry about any of that. It all comes with Squarespace. Now, you could be, like I would be, starting a business that's by appointment. See, the Roderick Group... Do you do massages? Uh, no, but if you want... If you want that that sweet Roderick action, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make an appointment and you're, you're Squarespace. A busy man. That's right. Squarespace, like for instance, if you were a personal trainer or offering consulting services, which I would be doing, or you're a general contractor who goes out to do estimates, guess what, Ken? Squarespace can add online booking and schedule scheduling, scheduling. On, online booking and scheduling to your Squarespace site. So Clients can see your availability and even reschedule. I'm going to do that. I'm going to reschedule my uh, my FaceTime with you using your new Squarespace site. <laughs> okay, well, here's what you do. You head to squarespace.com slash omnibus for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code omnibus to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 10%? Oh, boy. So David Stern's an idea, you know, he had an open-door policy on crazy new ideas. And so even though he said, this is terrible and you will regret naming your team the Swamp Dragons... <laughs> He does not veto it. Whoa. He says, put together a proposal. No, uh, this can't be right. And he didn't think, he, and I guess he secretly thought it wouldn't happen. Like he told ESPN later that he just assumed that the Nets seven um, hardware store millionaires would shut this thing down. Wait, I still think it w- isn't going to happen. Did this happen? <laughs> wow. So for you, there's a lot more, uh, a lot more suspense than this for, can, than this for most listeners. Real. The New Jersey Swamp Dragons. Uh, this isn't a real thing. And also, weirdly, David Stern tells ESPN, the Meadowlands was an environmentally elite sw- a site with wonderful wildlife. So he's talking it up as a beautiful teeming web of life, a, a beautiful wetlands. In 1650. Yeah. <laughs> right. The Meadowlands hasn't been teeming with well, wildlife well, that's in a while. Well, that's something that Spellstra points out. He says that the swamp, the Meadowlands swamp, is East Rutherford swamp is perfect for dragons. Because just like a dragon, it catches fire every summer. <laughs> like, and he's not doing some some it's New Jersey joke. Like, I guess literally, the, the East Rutherford, the swamp would catch fire it's every, the only, every only year. Place, oh, the only thing could live there is a dragon. So the NBA spends half a million dollars to lock down the rights to a team called the New Jersey Swamp Dragons, just in case. And uh, in concert with the you know the team branding geniuses and the NBA start sketching out a marketing proposal. They go with teal and purple, of course, teal, purple, and black, because that's what sells sure. jerseys in, in the 1990s. An L.A. designer. I was alive in the 1990s. This is happening in, in the 90s? And you weren't wearing uh, cool confetti, teal and purple confetti uh, uh, a- a- athleisure wear? I avoid teal in all my things. <laughs> you don't celebrate its whole catalog? I do not. They hire a cool LA street art guy called Sakahara, sure. who draws fun, fun but fun but um, but muscular animals to draw a dragon. Cool, cool. And he follows the Toronto game plan, and he says, "Look, the uniform is going to be a Happy Meal box." He basically draws a dragon in the shape of a uniform, so that the player's whole torso is a cool 
kind of dragon doing a folded arms thing um, and breathing out some some bright red fire. Uh, and he's the one who who really stands for the turquoise. Uh-huh. Um, he stands. He, the the court is going to have a big, cool dragon with wings spinning a basketball on its finger at center court. It's going to say dragons in the most uh, kind of wingdings font you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> so it's it's basically like a uh, medieval times restaurant logo. That's exactly right. That's yeah. that's very much the, except it, it's been cooled up with some kind of some Disney Orlando Magic kind of swirls and stars. The D has a tail that looks like a, a, a pointed devil's tail, like kind of like we've done with our Seattle Kraken tentacles. Yeah. Um, the court will be unusual in that the whole three-point circle will be purple. The key, the lane will be um, will be turquoise, will be that teal color, and then the the top of the key, the the circle at the top of the key will be black. So this is super edgy. Disapprove. There will. And the league is not likely to approve this because you can't see the players. The problem is on TV oh. when when purple and teal clad players stand on purple or teal court, um, you can only see their heads and arms <laughs> sure. running around. Uh, and the you know the dragon gives you fire, so there's going to be cool red flames on the sleeves of all the merch, just like a '57 Chevy. Um, the thing about the '90s is the big, the most money making sports are pro wrestling and NASCAR, and the NBA thinks, well, this is what will make money if this looks like pro wrestling and or NASCAR gear. And the funny thing is, you know, these logos are very cool, but they would never be shrinkable onto a patch or onto a little thing that appears in the TV Chiron next to the team name. Um, it's all just too much and too maximalist. And too much. Is there such a thing as too much in 1998? In New Jersey? <laughs> in New Jersey. Now, the Nets need a supermajority. The league has 27 teams. The Nets need a supermajority of them to approve the name change to the Swamp Dragons. This would have been right at the beginning of the Sopranos, too, right? Didn't the Sopranos start in? Yes. This was, the, this was a time for New at Jersey. At the time, New Jersey. Yeah, but I think at the time, this would not have been an option because New Jersey has not embraced its... Crooked waste management uh, legacy. I see that we know today. Stern, by the way, is wrong. That all seven of the Nets owners are all in. Like, oh, this is what the this is what will sell jackets to the kids. Okay. Oh wow. The Sakaka Seven votes seven nothing to go ahead with this plan, <laughs> which now means it's up to the owners, and so they wisely start whining and dining the old hands who have run their teams forever. Jerry Colangelo of the Sons, Bill Davidson in Detroit, and the colorful Jerry Buss of the L.A. Lakers. He's the John C. Riley character in the HBO show. The guy who, who decided that you know if you created Showtime, if you made the NBA like a glitzy entertainment spectacle with, with um, essentially exotic dancers, which it wasn't at the time. At the time, there were cheer squads, but they just looked like high school cheer squads. They were wearing they were wearing sweaters. And Letterman jackets, basically. And he was like, no, this is L.A. These should look like the cocktail waitresses that I'm cheating on my on my wife with. These are L.A. Lakers. They're fast break fakers. <laughs> exactly. But at the time, we didn't know. Oh, that's oh, okay. That's a post-Dr. Buss era. <laughs> I see. Uh, okay, okay. And Jerry Buss uh, loves it. You know, like he says, yeah, you got to think outside the box. This is exactly what teams should be doing. Today, Spellstra says that um, the state of New Jersey catches wind of it and is against it. 
Oh. You don't want to say that we're the state of the swamp that catches fire. Hey, whose pocket are they in? <laughs> is my question. Because <laughs> you can imagine, you know, Christ- Christine Whitman now uh, says she has no memory of, she tells ESPN she has no memory of this. She's the future Bush era EPA head, yeah. I think, or maybe interior secretary. Anyway, some Republican regulation dismantler. One of those. At the time she's running in New Jersey and the the Nets recall uh, her office being extremely unhappy about turning the Nets into swamp dragons and c- furthering this idea that New Jersey is a godforsaken wasteland, when in fact it's a, <laughs> it's a beautiful garden state. Yeah, it is a garden state full of flaming swamps. Um, so, after, so five months after getting the, the owners on board with this, they suddenly start to see pushback from the state and the media and... You know, maybe it should just be the fire dragons. But this is America. If you're if your seven capitalist owners want a thing, who cares what the state and the media think? It all comes down to this owner's vote where they need a supermajority of the owners. And Spelstra gets a call from the meeting from David Stern, in fact, from mm-hmm. the NBA commissioner saying, What is going on? And the Nets president says, what do you mean? And he says, well, the vote's in 26 to one for Swamp Dragons. And he says, oh, great. We got it. We got the majority. What's the problem? And he says, no, the one vote against was from you, the New Jersey Nets. The Sakaka seven rotated their voting duties at these meetings. And this particular meeting happened to belong to David Gerstein, a weather stripping millionaire. <laughs> David Gerstein was the president, founder, maybe founder, president of Frost King. Sure. America's leading brand of that stuff you put under your door in the winter. Yeah. And that entitled him to vote at this particular NBA owners meeting. And he was against it. And he got nervous. I think they all knew that he was the shakiest of the Sakaka seven on this. And... Don't let the Frost King be the decider. Today, he just says he doesn't even recall the vote or why he voted no, but he just thought it would be inappropriate. You know, like, there should not be an end. You know, it's the same reason that Stern thought it was doomed. Like, why should there be a team called the Swamp Dragons? It's insane. You're, you now run the premier sports property on the planet, American Pro Basketball. It doesn't help you in Lithuania and the Philippines to have a team called the Swamp Dragons. And so he finally got cold feet and said he, he was the lone vote against his own ownership's proposed name change. But what what if what, it had been a different owner that day, any anybody else would have voted yes. And what is a supermajority? You, you you don't need unanimous. No, it did not need unanimity. But the problem was now that they now the look was that the Nets had voted against their own name change. They right. can't they can't go ahead with it now after telling the league uh, we vote against the Nets becoming the Swamp Dragons. And so by virtue of that vote, it forced the front office to uh, change course. What a weird bunch of phone calls that must have been. <laughs> Your own uh-huh. team voted against it. And the league had, the league was convinced that it was going to happen. They had all the merchandising ready to go. They oh. were ready to switch over the URLs and, and hold the press conference. And I'm sure you can still find those shirts on the streets of Lagos, Nigeria. But today, but it was the hapless New Jersey Nets who could not do anything right. You know, not just run a pick and roll. They could not even change their own team name to their hand-picked palette and mascot. (laughs) So they spent the rest of the 1990s trying to get something better than their generic-looking wordmark. 
with, I think they had tie-dye jerseys, apparently. I don't remember those. That's not a good look. They shifted to a, a shield uh, that said kind of a gladiatorial thing. It's still the word Nets above a above a basketball. Okay, right. But now it's a gladiatorial thing where it's on a shield and it's kind of tipped dramatically in the manner of a, you know, C- CGI rendering was now new and you could, this was kind of a Toy Story looking thing where the logo is now at a three quarters view. Oh, sophisticated. You, if you can imagine that. I mean, it, imagine a shield okay. and then imagine the knight holding it okay. is briefly become interested in something to the left of you. Nothing says basketball more. If you think about, if you think about gladiatorial combat, there was in the Roman Colosseum, a, one of the weapons was a net. Oh, that's true. You could have had the, had the, had a gladiator with a net and a spear. I don't think that holds up today. Yeah. The idea of a net as a weapon. You think of a net belonging to a butterfly collector, a, a, a dotty, a dotty scientist. Yeah, until you try and fight someone who just threw a net over you. What if it was a crazy? You know how the 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 guys from the nut house? We don't say that anymore. But back when there was more of a stigma against the mentally ill. Oh, I thought you meant the that restaurant in outside of Sacramento <laughs> called the Nut House <laughs> by the Nut Tree. The Modesto Nuts. <laughs> Well, so what would the uh, what would the nut house uh, you logo know, be? You know the guys in white coats with the big nets that come after your oh. your wacky uh, uncle who thinks he's Napoleon. Sure, the big butterfly net. <laughs> that would be their logo. Would be a guy from the sanatorium. And I'm sure New Jersey has a bunch of uh, weird old sanatoria. For sure, probably. Um, and and that would be the whole. That'd be the fan chant. Like we're coming to get you. The funny thing that ended up happening was. By the late 90s, the word net was the coolest word of tomorrow. Oh. The internet had of happened. Of course, the nets. And they thought, well, we'll just embrace that. We'll have a logo that like. NewJerseyNets.io. You know, it's it's now made of uh, electric wiring or ethernet cable or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> it turned out that was also not a winner. Um, they tried to bring back the swamp dragon, but not as a dragon. He was kind of just this wombat looking dude. I think they made, they had taken off his pointed tail and his wings because he looked too much like a devil yes except new jersey is famous for devils yeah they are but the hockey team had already the nhl team had already taken that name so they tried to bring back the teal and purple dragon but now in wombat form and that didn't take finally they solved the whole nobody wants to go to to a new jersey problem by do you know how the net saga ends they sold the nets to oklahoma city (laughs) almost they moved to brooklyn Oh, the Brooklyn Nets. A place where there are lots of thoughtful dads that want to take their kids to a basketball game. And they go to the, the to the new stadium there. And they got Jay-Z to buy the team and, yeah. and problem Jay-Z owes one, owns 1% of the Nets. Uh, and today, if you look at the Brooklyn Nets logo, it's as, it's, it's as boring as ever. Um, it is and, the word Nets above a basketball. And it, it's almost retro. It kind of looks like it might have belonged to a... Uh, uh, Syracuse or Fort Wayne basketball team in 1954. Well, that's what's cool about the Nets because, like, what's a Met? What's a Knickerbocker? What's a, you know, the fact that they're called the Nets, it does seem like a throwback to the 50s. Whereas uh, dragons or raptors, that just feels very 90s now. The lesson is try to go with something timeless. Yeah. Or something just like, like mundane, like the Cleveland palettes. I don't know the chronology on this, but this definitely was a time when the rhyming nature of the Nets was a big part of this. New York had the Mets. Yeah. It had the Jets. Yeah. And so if you're going to start a basketball team, 
why not ride some of their, you know, hop on their uh, coattails or, or hitch your wagon to their feathered um, uh, uh, bridle? Call it the Nets. Call it the Nets. And I believe that at the time there was, remember, uh, who was it? Like Arthur Ashe or somebody was trying to get a, an American tennis league going. And there were, I believe, the New York sets. Sure. For some time. Sure. And if there was like a, if there's like an expansion team, uh, you could call it the New York Pets. I, you could have any animal as your logo. I lived in the at Salt Lake for a while when they were trying to do this with all their teams. Like the Jazz had a double Z. So, you know, why shouldn't the minor league team be the Buzz and the hockey team be the Grizz? Oh, I thought you were going to say they were called the Naz. <laughs> like, that's cool. What if they all just went with different music genres? Oh. Like, here's the Jazz. The hockey team is the Rap Rock. Right. Here's the Emos. Yeah, the baseball team is the Emos. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> And that concludes The Swamp Dragons, entry 1261.mk0118, certificate number 27789 in the Omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event that social media still exists in your era, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are archived at Omnibus Project. You're like a movie idea of a drunk. I'm going to, you don't say it to me, I say it to you. I uh, have revealed on this episode that I don't know very much about sports, but I know the rules of sports. Of all sports? Yeah. I just don't know as much about like teams and things to do with logos yeah we don't know we town to this day i don't know if there's a nike swoosh on the but ask NBA me any question jerseys. about the rules of sports or the but not cricket the history of sports oh cricket oh cricket <laughs> i know uh, oh I've, you i sat across the table from a guy telling me about cricket more than once was it me? One time it was. Then there were other times. The rest too. of the times it was just some nice Barbadian gentleman. I, no, I remember. I sat on a bus one time eating marmite on a on a piece of toast, and somebody was playing trick, cricket to me. But I, is it important that I know it, it didn't the rules take. of cricket? It didn't take no. apparently. Uh, but if you want to email us about sports, if you want to email me. If you want to tweet Ken about sports, he will eat it up at Send Ken Send us Jennings. your sports takes. If you tweet me about sports at John Roderick, I will not reply. If you email us at theomnibusproject at gmail.com about sports, Ken will, well, there's a 25% chance that he will have something to say. I will not even see it because he will not show it to I've me. I've heard it said that most of men talking is just, just re- naming, remembering sports guys. Oh. Just saying a sports guy and being like. Oh, yeah. And another hey, sports hey, guy. remember Nate McMillan? And we kind of did. I feel like I did that today with uh, Orlando Woolridge and, and Bernard Benjamin. That's Omnibus's first toe in the water of naming some guys. Naming some sports guys. Please enjoy our brief flirtation with that. It will probably not be back. I tried to name some Sonics from their heyday. And the first one I thought of was a guy from the. Bulls. So I'm not, I'm not super good remember when, at that game. Remember when Scotty Pippen won the NBA championship in 19? No, I know all those guys. Yeah. Downtown Freddie Brown. Downtown Paul Freddie Silas, Brown. Of course. DJ. I'm not very good at naming books, authors, bands. I don't, I'm not good at naming things. It's the brain fog. Yes. It's the drunk. It's drunk. You can hear I'm drunk. You have, you have congenital COVID. I'm drunk on too much coffee and not enough water. 
Gotta hydrate. If you want to uh, send us some sports memorabilia, I'm sure that Ken would appreciate it. Although, if you have any Sonic stuff, basically all I want is baseball hats. I'm never going to wear a jersey because I'm not nine years old. Imagine you just wearing a basketball jersey with no shirt. Like I, I come to your house and you're, you've got a, a XL NBA jersey. You're wearing a um, what's funny here? You're wearing a San Antonio Spurs jersey that like goes down to your <laughs> mid thigh. It's a funny image. It is never going to happen. No shirt. If I were ever asked to throw the first pitch out or sing the national anthem at a sporting event and they gave me a jersey with my name on it, I would probably wear it if I went to a game of that sporting facility again. Okay, I have one of those and I, I don't do. but I don't want to wear it. You give it to your kid and he sits next to you and wears it. Well, the other day he stole my Ichiro jersey that he had got that he my son had got me for Christmas and he just gave it to some dopey friend of his and said, Oh yeah, Teddy had to wear your jersey to the game. And I was like, Dylan, don't give Teddy my clothes. And he said, well, what was I supposed to do? Give him the Jennings one? And I said, no. Here's what you're supposed to do. Have Teddy buy his own. Teddy can wear neither of my jerseys. Not the one with my name. Not the one with Ichiro's name. Yeah. Uh, any other names? TBA. I, when I, the first Kraken game I went to, I, uh, I showed up and, and our mutual friend, or rather my friend, who is now your friend. Wanted to meet me. Um, I don't know if that's true. His, his friend wanted to meet you. Oh, is that what happened? Um, he had some jerseys, matching jerseys from the movie Slapshot. <laughs> and he was like, you got to wear one of these jerseys. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, what, why do I? And he was like, oh no, no, this is hilarious. Is and the so, team in Slapshot a fake team? Yeah. Yeah, it is, right? So he and I and one other friend were wearing Slapshot jerseys. The Charlestown Chiefs. The Charlestown Chiefs. The internet tells me. And we walked through the crowd. We walked through the on our way to the seats. And we were getting high fives everywhere we went. And I was, you know, people were putting up high fives. And I was like, yeah, woo, high five and right and left. I had no idea what I was referencing. And my friend Nate said, look, every hockey fan between the ages of 42 and 52 is going to high five you at this event and just go with it. And I was like, I love getting high fived. And so I was, I love high, getting high. I was high fiving right and left. I have no, I, I still don't think I've ever seen the movie Slapshot. I know it has Paul Newman in it. That is correct. And it was a, and, but people were shouting quotes at me like, Hey, you know, like finger gunning me with quotes. And I would say it back to them. Like, yeah, the thing that you said. That's not how movie quotes work, but okay. Hey, the, the quote. No, I, I know I was I'm supposed to say something here. back. And then you say, I'm, I'm walking, walking here. here. You're walking there. <laughs> I did not know what was happening, as per usual. You're going to have to learn the next quote. After the The follow-up quote to quote. all the famous Slapshot quotes. So like, when, they, when I wear my, when I wear my uh, hand Solo jacket and people are like, I love you. I go, I know. That's exactly it. Imagine <laughs> if somebody goes, I love you. And you say, I love you, man. No. No, that's not what Han no, would say. that ruined it. Luke, I am your father. No, I am your father. <laughs> to infinity. I will join you. <laughs> no backs. If you want to hang out with futurelings who do like talking about sports, go to 
our futurelings fan friends and say sports and they the ones that like sports will join you if you don't like talking about sports go on futurelings sites and say no sports and you'll have friends there too if this was a device of entry for you because you're not a sports person recall that it also had fashion Yes, but the worst fashion of all. And some municipal politics. That's true. That's all. The worst municipal politics of all, New Jersey. (laughs) New Jersey politics. (laughs) New Jersey politics and politics that revolve around sports. The worst of all politics. Finally, if you love this kind of content, this kind of quality. It's hard to imagine. Quality free content. Ken and uh, and me with super COVID-induced brain fog. A sports talk show by people who are only mildly into sports. You are mildly into sports. I am not even really oh. in the same ballpark. I was rounding up. I mean ballpark sometimes, being a sports Sometimes reference. you're in the same ballpark. I go to sports games. And you're in the same ballpark as the team. I'm in the same ballpark. And as the other players. But I am not in the... So often you're ordering six Poke Bowls because you yes. got the nice tickets and there's a QR code on <laughs> your seat. I did. I was like, more Poke Bowls! Who wants your cocktail? I'm going to get four. Uh, you know, I like being a rich person at a sports event. No, I'm just not, uh, you know what it is? I'm not a fan of things. It's true. And so it, it's you, hard. You feel it, it would cheapen your brand if you liked anything more than you. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I like going to sports games. I just am not a fan of anything. And you're, that's hard to be a fan. You're hedging your bets. Yeah. What if yeah. you say you're a fan of a band or a sports team and suddenly they're like, um, uh, actually, uh, LGBT rights are bad. Exactly. Then I'm then like, oh, like, oh, I have to throw shoot. my shirt away. Oh, what Wh- did I do? Whereas if I never buy a band shirt, I never have to get rid of a band shirt. When it turns out that they're not good anymore. <laughs> do you think most people do that? Bands <laughs> come know. out with one disappointing album and I, <laughs> I got to go home and throw away all my Radiohead I'm stuff. I, I, fan, didn't, so I didn't I, love In uh, Rainbows. I don't know what fans do. We do. If, we, that's what we do. Is that what you do? Yeah. What if there's a scandal? What if, what if, uh, what if Barry Bonds gets caught juicing? Do you throw away all your San Francisco uh, 40 Miners shirts? It'll never happen. Oh. I have a... Kevin Spacey did nothing wrong shirt that I <laughs> that I bought when he was in Usual Suspects. It, Whoa! No. Uh, please support the show with your contributions, with your patronage at patreon.com slash omnibusproject. Be an old-timey renaissance patron of the arts. Hey there, boys! Here's a simoleon. <laughs> That's right. You can, you're allowed to say that. Give us five simoleons. No, legally, no one can stop you from saying that. If you sign up listeners from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. Now we hope and pray that the society ending catastrophe that we fear may never come. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word. But should Providence allow, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the omnibus 